Hey guys, so uh, if there's one thing I know about today's episode, it's that it's going to be a little bit different than any episode of the show up to this point. Uh, Nicole Hodges is back on the show today after, uh, I mean, her episode just came out a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But today, instead of talking about kind of the normal fun stuff, we're getting a little bit serious in talking about uh, race and, and potentially racism in our sport of running. I uh, certainly have no idea exactly where today's conversation is going to go, uh, but in light of kind of recent events, uh, I, I definitely think that this is a conversation that needs to be ha- needs to be had, and uh, might be a little bit uncomfortable at points. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna get through it, and hopefully come out the other end uh, better because of it. So Nicole, thanks for uh, for coming back. Thanks for being willing to uh, have this conversation, uh, this necessary conversation. Appreciate you, and uh, and welcome back to the show. Oh no worries. Thank you for reaching out, and I'm glad that we're having. An uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And uh, guys, just just uh, to kind of get the, the quick housekeeping out of, out of the way, if you want to f- connect with Nicole, find out more about kind of her, what she's got going on, uh, you know, in light of the the recent events of the world, and just in, in running and uh, you know health and fitness and whatnot in general. Uh, as a reminder, scenicrun.com is the website. That's S E E N I C R U N. Scenicrun.com uh, on Facebook, same handle. Scenicrun on on Instagram, it's scenicrun zero one. C S E E N I C R U N zero one on Instagram. And if you want to go back to the the previous episode of the show and listen to that one, it was episode eight hundred and forty, just a, a few episodes back in your feed. So, um, Nicole, I you know I, I don't know exactly the best place to to start the conversation. Um, but uh, you know, we'll just we'll just kind of find a spot, and hopefully, it's not too awkward, and, and we'll take it from there. So, um, you know, one one thing that that I've seen bubbled up a lot recently, um, maybe not so much in the running community, but certainly uh, on the discussion of race, racism, um, institutional racism, white privilege, things of those natures, that just in in general population in, in the American, uh, you know, the way of, of America these days. Uh, I'd be curious, you know, from your perspective as as a black woman, uh, somebody who's been in, as we talked about before, you know, running collegiately, running post-collegiately, uh, been, been part of the running scene for uh, <laughs> much more than half of your life. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what's your take on the prevalence of racism, of, of white, you know, if, if there is a white privilege or um, anything like that in the sport of running? Well, I know it's a broad place to start, but let's maybe start there and, and we'll narrow it down as we go. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I come from kind of a unique background because growing up, I, uh, I grew up in a white suburban neighborhood where we were one of maybe three black families in the neighborhood. And um, my family just wanted, you know, a better education for us and a better lifestyle. So um, so I have very different perspectives. So this is mine. And, you know, if there's someone of color who's listening, you know, your, yours may be very different from mine as well. Um, this whole thing with racism and running, um, you'll see if you're a runner's world follower and all these different running blogs, you'll see that this uh, subject comes up. Oh, it pops up maybe once every two or three years, you know, asking if the running community, why is it so white and not, um, not diverse enough? Um, there's been studies where because of the economic breakdown, um, you know, race pricing and buying shoes and the equipment and stuff can be, um, can, um, you know, pull us back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I agree with that and disagree with it. Cause I just think racing fees right now are, are too expensive in general, <laughs> no matter what color you are. Um, and then also too, um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of, um, African American, uh, distance runners that we can look up to. Um, and I think it starts when girls and boys 
of color come into the world of running, which is usually, usually track and field. Mm-hmm. And it's usually in high school, sometimes middle school. And because of the stereotype that we all run really fast and that we're sprinters, um, they are usually diverted to sprint to this, to the sprinting events and not necessarily the long distance runs. So, um, I have seen this firsthand with my daughter who is 800 meter runner and up. Um, she has dabbled in the shorter runs, but they've always wanted her to do, Oh, you, you'll be good at a 200. You'd be good at a hundred when her actual event was 800. So we had to fight for that. Um, and then, uh, you know, then you have, you know, the Africans, the Kenyans that come in, the mm-hmm. Ethiopians that come in their long distance. And so that's like a whole nother uh, group. Um, but it's very different from having African-Americans in that field. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, and I mean, it's, I, I don't know, again, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think this is an awkward question, but like, you know, going back to, to your history, I mean, you, you did run on the track, like that's where you started. And, and then obviously have, right. as, as you got out of, out of high school, out of college and, and started running longer distance events, um, you know, was that something that when you were in high school, when you were running track, were you kind of pushed into the, the shorter distance track events or, or was that just where you fell because that's what you were good at? Or how did you get into that, uh, that distance of, of racing, uh, back, back in your younger days? Yeah, I think that's just where I was good at. And what was interesting about the time when I ran in high school was that I was the one of two African-American sprinters. And then there was a woman of color. I can't remember what her nationality was, but she was kind of middle distance. And then that was like, (laughs) and then the rest, everyone else was white. But what was interesting about that, even when I joined um, track in high school, um, it was like, I I was a doer. So I liked, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I wanted to be the president of the class. I wanted to run track. And I went out for all those things. And at each, each time I, I had resistance. And so the big resistance with track and field was, you know, we, uh, everyone went out for track and field. It was a ton of kids who came out that year, my freshman year, we were all excited. We were all in the same grade, but as soon as the, the meet started happening and I would win, then people would start to fall off. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there was a lot of, um, <laughs> You know, there's stories that like it, it still affects me today. But, you know, just to see like people walk away because I, you know, because they didn't want they didn't want to watch me win. It, it, it hurt, you know, because I thought those were my friends. So you're talking like 70 kids coming out for track and field. And then we and it went down to 30 because, you know, those other, you know, 40 couldn't handle the fact that, you know, there was a black girl out here and she was, you know, whatever. So, um you know, there it's it's just something that I've lived with all my life, and mm-hmm. it's always reared its ugly head in different ways in, in each year of my life. Probably starting around that time, um, and it's it's very discouraging. It is very discouraging. I think that if I was introduced maybe to the eight hundred and, and above, um, I probably would have tried it. Um, mm-hmm. I you know I racism is on both sides because I mean I fell into the stereotype too. Like you know I'll do I'll do sprints. I might be fast. You know. Right. That's all I know. I see track of like the flow Joes of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be in those events. So that's kind of like, you know, where you, you know, you fall. So um, right. I could have easily been a great 800 meter runner or a miler, but I didn't know any better. So, right. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's certainly one instance then of, of racism of people going, I don't want to be part of this anymore because you know, this, this, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, this, this black girl's beating me, and I don't want to, I don't want that to happen. Um, have I mean that's yeah, it's 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 just I 
again, this is slightly yeah. uncomfortable, but I, I mean, that's, that's, is exactly what happened. Um, mm-hmm. Have there been other instances that you've experienced racism in, whether it's, you know, from the early days, college days, uh, running, you know, post-college um, in, in the sport? We only have 45 minutes. <laughs> Man, that's, I, I don't know if I should laugh at that or cry at that, at that comment because yeah, uh, that many uh, stories, oof, they're not good. I, I, I can laugh at it, but at the same time, it's something that's very painful. Um, high school was kind of the hardest because I, I, I heard the N word a little bit too much than I, than I needed to. And I'm not talking about Nicole. Um, and, um, as far as, um, you know, I, like I said, I went out for cheerleading and, um, I remember the girl, I know her name (laughs) and she made a big hissy fit because she didn't want to cheer with a black girl on the team. Um, but they, you know, they kept me there and, you know, she played a lot of games with me by telling me I had the, telling the girls, this is the uniforms we're wearing for the game. And then she would tell me something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they wouldn't teach me certain cheers. So I'd be sitting there looking like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I, I went through a lot of different things and I mean, that's just minor stuff, but still like when you're in high school, like that's... everything's magnified by, right. you know, 110. So, um, you know, it, it, we, so, you know, luckily my mom was the type of woman was like, okay, we'll take all your uniforms, take everything, mm-hmm. you know, we'll figure it out. And then I had, um, one, a particular girl, um, her, I won't forget her name either, Beth, who, who just, just loved me as a person. I loved her as a person. And then she would spend extra time to teach me everything. Um, so when we did go out there, I knew what, what I had to do. So there's always that one person that'll help you through because they can see, um, the lack of humanity in, mm-hmm. in a situation. Um, yes, I did. I had it in, in college as well. Um, those times I think because there was, there were more, um, African-Americans on my team, it wasn't as prevalent, but I remember when they needed to bring in more African-Americans my freshman year. So they flooded all these kids in from the inner city and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, I get why they did that, but at the same time, it doesn't work because if, if kids are used to a certain environment, you can't just throw them in another environment and then not teach them how to mm-hmm. function. And that's where the depression comes and mental health comes um, and the anger comes, just like what we're experiencing right now. And so a lot of those kids fell off, unfortunately. And I don't I don't know if they finished their education or not, but it, it was it's frustrating to see that happen. So um, but yeah, I mean, we we would go out of town on track meets and get treated very differently in certain cities of the country. Um, and then there'd be certain places that we couldn't really stop or go because, um, you know, of the treatment that we would get as well. So, um, so yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. What about more, um, current day stuff? And, and, and this is maybe me being, Mm -hmm. being, you know, being, being white and, and maybe being a little bit Pollyanna and thinking like, gosh, I hope that the running community is, is, better than that, that, that it, you know, it's what, interesting. What, yeah, go ahead. It's interesting. I had a, um, had a doctor's appointment, uh, probably a couple, couple months ago. Um, and a, it was a gentleman, uh, who was my doctor and, um, you know, he knew, right. He looked, he, he could look at me and tell right off that I was a runner. And so he, you know, he asked me how many miles I run a week or something, you know, and I was, you know, at the time I think it was like 15 to 25 miles a week. And, you know, and he just was like, wait a minute. He's like, you don't run track. I'm like, well, no, not anymore. You know, and, and, you know, then you could see him like starting to compare the miles and why are you running these long distances? And it was just, it was was a very uncomfortable situation. And then he was like telling me about long distance and I'm like, I, okay, that's fine. You know, and I just, I get to the point where it's just quiet. It's like, it's almost like we're not allowed to run these long distances, Mm -hmm. but 
what it is is that we're just not as welcomed in these environments as we would be anywhere else. I mean, it's okay if we're doing a certain type of event, but if it's something that everyone else is doing, I think that's when we start getting a little resistance. And we just want to be part of what everybody else is as well. And I just think that if people let down their guard and have a conversation, mm-hmm. it's just, you're just talking to another human being, you know what I'm saying? And you, you really do like, it's, I'm glad that people see color, but at the same time, like that's what makes us unique. Just like it, what makes you unique, you know, it's just, right. we just have a conversation. So, um, and then you'll start seeing the human side of it. And we're, we just want to be out there like everybody else mm-hmm. and have time. So, and it's, you know, talking about something that makes, makes you unique and, and, it's just one one of the many things, right? Like like we all have such varied histories and and right. unique histories of of where we came from and the the things that we were exposed to, the things that we've we've done as kids and as young adults and as we keep getting older and and um yeah to try to just to just make it as simple as a black thing, a white thing, a Hispanic thing, a whatever. Well, it's it just doesn't. Again, I I like to think we're better than that, but but clearly. Um, as as a certainly as a country as a, as a world and and maybe even part of maybe even the running community as well, um, not as not as evolved as as it as we should be at this point. Yeah, I think with Armad Arbery's situation when he was shot from the mm-hmm. back, that, that was uh, that was hard because um, I, I I don't know how many you know uh, people of color when you when you go out and you have to think about what you're wearing and how you're wearing it and what color you wear and how neat you have to present yourself and then what side of the street that you need to run on just for general safety, but just so you can see what's going on around you. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, he had a white t-shirt on and he mm-hmm. was just running the neighborhood. And, you know, these are things that I think about at, at a, at a female level, first of all. And then, you know, as African-American, like I, I live in a, predominantly white uh, neighborhood here in San Diego. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because I have to be consistent in with mm-hmm. my running uh, patterns because that way they see me all the time at the same time and then they're comfortable and, and it's, you know, and it's okay. But then, you know, worried about like, don't wear a hoodie, you know, make sure you wear a cap and make sure the cap is not a black cap cap it may be have to be a white cap and then a pink shirt and Mm -hmm. something that you know that I normally probably wouldn't wear and not because you know is I'm not a thug or anything I mean none Mm -hmm. of us I don't really are but it's just like we have to be very careful about how we present ourselves so we so we can be safe out there um I know there's a lot of pushback when um there's groups of um groups of uh running people who like the like black girls run run girl and black men run. These are African American um, running groups, running clubs, and you know people are like, well, why, why, why is it? Why do they have their own club? But it's because we don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. in the clubs with everyone else, and you know having it, it's you know having you know uncomfortable conversations with people because they have they stereotype you in, in a way or they try to make you feel a certain way. It's just you know you you want to be around your own common people, you know. So right. yeah. Well, and, and I mean, shoot, again, like just thinking about, you know, the type of stuff that, that I take for granted. My wife and I were having uh, a conversation recently, kind of like you said about going out and running by yourself as a woman and things that you have to think about that that I don't think about. And especially in, in you know, right. we, we live in in a pretty quiet, pretty safe neighborhood. Like, I mean, you know, you, you never say that nothing could ever happen, but like of, of places in our area, like this is one of the, 
the least likely places that something is going to happen. And she even feels like she has to just be a a little bit more aware. Whereas I'm just like, whatever, like, like, you know, but then, but then to hear you talk about Ahmad and, and, you know, thinking about, about you going, well, I I can't wear this color shirt and this color hat because, because it might send the wrong message or, or somehow be, be misconstrued versus me going, and, and, and not putting words in my wife, in my wife's mouth, but maybe her going too. like, whatever, like as long as she's got running clothes on, you know, like, like whatever she's comfortable in, she can get out and, and go in. Right. Um, I think that's to me and, and, you know, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that's, that is like kind of the, the white privilege of running of, of just not having to think about those types of considerations mm-hmm. that, that you and other people of color have to think about with, with, and, and running the same route every day at the same time. And, and just all of that repetitiveness <laughs> that like bores me to tears almost of the idea of like, I have to run the same route every day just so that people see me. Like, I mean, I might run right. in my neighborhood, but like I can go left out of my house versus right today. And you know, like, you know, and, and oh. so that's just, that's just a whole nother layer of things that, that I don't think that I ever thought about until just now. And maybe there's other folks as well. that are just like, wow, I, I would have never thought about that either. Right. I, I, ha- I don't have a problem plugging myself into environments that I don't, that I would not normally be in, I think. Um, and I think that's just from growing up being one of the few that went to my high school and my, well, went to all my schools. I mean, I was usually the only one. Um, and, uh, and I'm just comfortable with myself. So, you know, sometimes I get backlash even from my own community about like, you know, well, you're the only, you know, black person there. And what are you trying to do? And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to do things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. And so if I make you feel a little bit of uncomfortable, then that's I, what I've learned over the years is that's your problem, not mine. And so the more you see me in these environments and the more you get comfortable with me is, you know, we can have these uncomfortable conversations and get through it. Um, even moving into the, the, the tri club world, I mean, I only do duathlons. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you look, you're, you're getting looked down because it's like, you know, well, why are you here? You know, and it's like, you know, and then you don't even swim or, you know, whatever. And I, and I just, I just don't mind because I'm there to learn mm-hmm. and I'm to be a better athlete, even though I'm, I'm getting older. Like I, I love being around, I, like I told you in the previous one, like I love being around runners and athletes. And so it's, it's not going to stop me. And just like, you know, what's great about this country is that there's so many things that <clears throat> you can get involved in, excuse me. And um, you can get involved in and, and, and it could be some of the best experiences of your life and you shouldn't have to be restricted because of the color of your skin. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um, what about, uh, you know, well, I don't know what about is quite the right way of asking it, but um, are, are there, you know, we, we've touched on a few um, other things where where you feel like, whether it's it's overt or not, where where racism comes into play in, in, you know, in, in 2020 running? Well, I mean, I, th- I think everything is slowly changing. I mean, we're just in a time of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, um, I know for like in track and field right now, like there, there are more women who women of color who are, you know, uh, touching into the 800 and up, uh, distances. Um, they've always been there. Some of my best, um, some of my, my heroes from track and field are they're 400, 800 meter runners. So, but I think, um, there's a bigger conversation because like, for instance, um, I think in, was it 2018, um, at Melrose games, uh, the four by eight was, they broke the record and it was all, it was four black women on that team. Um, and they've put several teams together over the years, you know, um, all white mixed. And this is the first, um, I think all a- African-American women, 
Um, it consisted of Raven Rogers, Charlene Lipsy, Ajay Wilson. Um, I'm, I probably will butcher her name, but Krishna Williams, um, they all ran a terrific race and it, it opened up the conversation about women, not black women, not only being sprinters. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it, I hate to say it unfortunately, but fortunately it's, it's unfortunate and fortunate that these four women had to break a record for right. people to realize that, wow, they could do this too. You know, um, my daughter runs 800 and she loves running the mile as well. And, um, and she's um, top NC2A runner right now. And, you know, it's it's like they have to make these huge strides and feats to open the door for so many other uh, young women. And, and I just I applaud them for that. Um, but it shouldn't have to be that type of uh, conversation. So um, I just think it's really important uh, mm-hmm. to kind of watch what's going on in track and field and how it's shifting because it's also shifting in in the on the big on the big picture as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um Speaking of, of shifting on on the big picture, um, although I guess it kind of this can this can be track and field as well. Um, but you know, you mentioned earlier some of the the reasons that maybe there aren't as many um, people of color, black people in distance running in, in running in, in general. Um, how how do we as a running community, black, white, mm-hmm. Latin, Latino, mm-hmm. Latina, um, wh- whatever? Um, how, how do, how do we help be inviting to anybody? Um, you know, mm-hmm. because maybe in part, because like you said, we like to be around people we're comfortable with. And so a lot of times that can be, um, you know, along some racial lines of, of feeling more comfortable and you're not the only, I mean, anybody, you know, you feel you're comfortable yeah. and you're not the only one that, that stands out in a crowd. So how do we get more people in, into the running community in, in general? I think it starts with the kids and I think it starts with, you know, and their parents. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's going into these communities that you normally wouldn't go into and inviting them into your, into the communities where these, these runs are happening. Um, you know, it's, it's reaching out to these, you know, African-American clubs, you know, who are formed and saying, Hey, we have this, you know, event going on. We'd love for you guys to be a part of it, you know, and, and, and invite them and, and include them and, and, if they come to them, you know, you know, just treat them as you treat anyone else. I mean, if you're, I get it. If you're a jerk to everyone, then you're, <laughs> you're like, you know, I get that part. But like, you know, if you're, if you just think about how you talk to your white friends as opposed to your black friends and how different is that conversation and why is it different? Like, mm-hmm. that's the question I, I, I want everyone to think about. Like, why is that conversation dif- different? Why do you feel different? talking to someone who, who doesn't look like you, you know, and just really like, just take that, the, those layers and just start peeling that onion and figuring it out because, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not that hard. And right. it's funny cause I, lately I've been, um, on these documentaries about, um, great athletes like Muhammad Ali, Jesse Owens. I watched a documentary about uh, the Boston marathon. Um, and then when it comes to entertainment, like Nina, Nina, Nina Simone and James mm-hmm. Brown, and I, I, I think these people are absolutely extraordinary because they were they were um, so great during a time where we were so, you know, um, oppressed. Mm-hmm. Omar Ali's walking around talking about how he's the best and, you know, and, and, and he, you know, and he's fast and he's great and he's pretty and he's all these things. And he and, and he was he was killing the, the, the boxing world and and he was dominating it in, in, a, in a time where, you know, there it was a civil rights movement, you know, and mm-hmm. then you have Jesse Owens back in the 1930s where 
oh my God, like four gold medals in one Olympics in, you know, 1936. I mean, it's just like, those are the things you have to think about. And, um, the more I like watch these documentaries, I start Googling and, and, and looking things up. And, um, the, the person who started, um, Roadrunners Club of America and uh, New York Roadrunners was a black guy. His name was Ted mm-hmm. Corp. And he started these programs back in 1958. And he's known as the father of long distance running. And it's just like, why don't we hear about these people? Because if we did, I think more of us would be in there. Um, you know, names like Aaron Morris and Clifton Mitchell. I mean, you, this is back in 1919 and 1914. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, there was a Negro, Negro um, running club back in 1914. You know, it's just like these places, these things existed, you know, and I just think that, you know, we just need to know more about this. As you can see, I get really excited because it's just like, this is, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- ran like 223 marathons. He was an ultra marathoner. He was trying to run, you know, at, at age 81, you know, so it's just, it's these things that we just don't know. And if I can be a voice for it, then, you know, I'm here. So, right. um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, kind of going back to the, the beginning of, of that, that quite, or that your answer there about, mm-hmm. you know, welcoming, the kids well, and, and their parents, you know, especially, you know, start, start them young, um, you know, bring them into, bring them into the, the community from a, a young age. And, and as a lot of us runners know, once, once you get hooked, like you're hooked, you're, hooked. you're, you're not leaving. Right. So, so start <laughs> right. them out, start them out young. Um, you know, you're, I, I'm a, I'm a parent of a five-year-old, so we're not quite right. at, at the level of, of, you know, she, we run, there's a little lake, a little retention pond, yeah, really yeah, just, yeah. just, uh, n- you know, next door to our house, basically. So we go out and run that a couple times a week, usually, and she loves it. Um, we're not quite at organized, uh, running yet, oh, but, you, but you are, you know, you, you, your daughter in college, like you've, you've been there kind of coming up through, um, you, you know, your daughter's, you know, running career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, 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 if, if I get there as a parent with, with a daughter who wants to continue running, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm not certainly not going to push her into it. Um, but, but, you know, and maybe this goes back to what you said earlier about just talk to people like you would talk to people, but is there, are there things that, that, that I should be aware of or, or, um, I don't know. I, I don't know a better way to ask it other than, you know, if, if we're out there together at a, at a kid's track meet or a, a lo, you know, the, our local running club, thankfully we have a great local running club. They have a, a kid's kids like night of the week, you know, where they, that's like kids run the track type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like how do, how do we, we as parents, we as, mm-hmm. as white people in the running community, um, kind of, roll out the red carpet or make, make the folks really feel welcome when maybe they are the only black family that's there. Um, and, and really make them, you know, not just something that I do because my kid really likes to run, but like, I like the community. I like the, the, the family feel of, of the running club as well. Yes. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like if, you know, this, it's, it's very interesting because it's like right now the, what I'm feeling is, is that, you know, people do have questions and, um, they don't know how to really approach it or you have it where they're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, you know, I've had these long conversations about diversity versus inclusion. And I think that, you know, it's, you know, when you build a, di- a diverse program, it's because you want to see more, um, ethnicities within your group. Um, when you build in, in a, um, an inclusion program. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. 
that's when you have to actually include us and have us be part of the leadership that's, mm. that's, you know, that's meeting every week and getting these, um, these people together. And, um, and I think that if you include a person of color into these groups and they're an active person who can reach out to other communities that you guys would not normally think about, I think that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Welcoming, mm -hmm. welcoming them in, um, as far as like, you know, just being around, you know, people of color, it's just, you know, it's funny because when we're around you guys, it's like we we're comfortable, we're right. cool, we're <laughs> reminded. I think we're reminded through little microaggressions and 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 um, unnecessary conversation that we are not the same. And I think that's where people need to check themselves and understand too that on on both sides, racism is is so ingrained in us that it's going to take a while for us to really see what we're doing to, to other people. Like some people completely understand it, you know, like the Amy, Amy Coopers of the world and then they use it where there are some people, they, they don't even know that they're not, that they are racist. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's, you have to think about what you're saying and how you're making that other person feel. And I think that's the most important thing right now. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's a, a really good point. And now now I'm going to be thinking about my words. And and <laughs> but uh, well, you know, I mean, I don't want like again, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But like, if you're around someone who's you know comfortable enough to say, hey, that's not cool, you know, then right. you know that you know, um, yeah, it, it's 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 really like if you're talking like I, I know you have different conversations with your wife, but like when you have a general conversation with your wife, you know, and a general conversation with your best friend. And your general conversation with the people you hang out with, we just want to be part of that general conversation right. without any other colors. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And and then there's no point in trying to sugarcoat or change it just because someone else is that is not that doesn't look like you is standing there. Just keep, you know. And I've been around people like I said, they're they're jerks to everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I'm around, you know, I I know what I'm dealing with, and things come out of their mouth, and I'm like in my head thinking, wow, <laughs> but <laughs> that that's who they are. So right. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, I, I think that being able to have those conversations that are the same, I mean, they're, obviously they're different, but they're the same level. Like you said, there's the general conversation with, with, you know, spouse, with best friend, with, you know, person of, of a different race, that's a friend or that's a stranger or whatever. Um, I, I think that that's one of those things where the more you do it, the easier it is to be relaxed, right? The easier it is to, to just fall into a natural conversation, um, as opposed to, to having it feel awkward, just like, you know, the first time that, that you go out on a date with somebody that, that, you know, like the first time I was out with my, my wife, our conversation was a little right. more, more, uh, herky jerky than it is now. Right. Because we've got, you got, you know, 17 years between dating and, and married life of, of being comfortable with each other. Right. So, um, so, so all that to, to, to kind of lead up to, to this next question or, or talking point or whatever, um, you know, it, for, for somebody who lives in a town with lots of diversity or an area with lots of diversity where maybe they've got, you know, they've, they've got their, their black friends at work, their black coworkers, black people that they see at restaurants, at their church, at whatever, where, where it's not as, as, um, out of the, the mainstream, out of their, their normal realm of conversations to have, uh, somebody who's in, in a town, whichever color, I mean, I prefer, you know, maybe the, the obvious one is mostly a white town, but any, any area where you're mostly around folks of, of one race, um, does, does do things like 
social media. Um, it's certainly not the same thing as having an in-person conversation, but can striking up conversations in, in your in your view, in your opinion, on social media help to kind of bridge that gap so that when you are hopefully in person with somebody, uh, the conversation can flow a little bit easier? Um, or is there, are, they, are they just such separate worlds that it doesn't really... I think I think social media is a great way to start. I mean, because you can you can get a feel for for anybody really um, um, on their personality and who they are and what they're about. Um, I think that it's scary for anyone who's used to being in an atmosphere that's normal to them, but it's the same. Um, I think we all we all face it. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to check myself a few <laughs> a few months ago because like. You know, if I'm in an all white neighborhood, I feel uncomfortable. But then if I'm in an all black neighborhood, I feel uncomfortable. And I had to ask myself, why, why do I feel that way? You know, um, and it's mainly because it's not necessarily because it's all white or it's all black. I'm not familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I don't know where I should be going and where I should not be going um, and on both sides. And so, like, I had to really think about that, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I, I had to, the, 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 weird things that I have about myself, it's on both sides of the, of the fence. It's not, it's not just, you know, um, black and white. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, social media is a great way to start. Um, it's a great way to get people going, doing like Facebook groups and talking mm-hmm. to people and getting to know them. Um, and you, and you have to understand that's just another human being doing exactly what you're doing. Right. Um, and just go from there. And I think that's why I like to, like, I love talking with people through scenic run because, you know, I can share my feelings. I can be transparent and people will always DM DM me and just say, Hey, you know, I didn't know you felt this way or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry this happened or yeah, I totally get that. I did this last week and, you know, and then you can just start building a relationship like that. So yes, social media is a great tool. Gotcha. Good, good. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe we're getting close to, to wrapping up. We'll see though. I got a couple other questions and we'll, we'll kind of see where they, where they, where they go. Um, and maybe this is a little bit of a broader than just running question. Um, although maybe it starts with running and, and branches out into, into, you know, the world we live in right now. But, um, maybe this is the, this, the, I don't want to say skeptic cause that's a little bit harsher, but the, the, the slightly glass half empty side of me coming out here. Um, just, just to kind of set up the, the question a little bit. Um, and I hope that, I hope that I'm, that my pessimism is, is wrong, but like, <laughs> you know, I see the the swell that we have right now that, that, um, you know, between George Floyd, between Ahmaud Arbery, between Breonna Taylor, um, and, and all the protests that are going on right now. And, and I really do hope that this is like the catalyst that really moves equality forward and really starts to, to, tamp down and, and eliminate ultimately the racism, the systemic racism, you know, all of, all of the things that are on, that are the hot button topics today. Um, but then I, I, I hear, uh, I, I heard a clip from, a, uh, an NPR podcast that I didn't hear, listen to the whole episode, but just heard that, like the advertisement clip for it, um, mm-hmm. of saying like, like we've been here before, you know, uh, talking about racial justice and, and progress and, 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 yeah. As far as having protests and having the, I'm sorry, as as far as we've been here before, as far as having the protests, having the discussions, having things like we're going to, we're going to change. And then, you know, I mean, it's the, it's it's a news cycle we live in, right? 24 hours later, two weeks later, three weeks later, it kind of something new pops up and and that's the new news story and it kind of loses steam. Um, how, how do, 
how do we as as especially as as white folks help to maintain this momentum that you know i hate that we're building the momentum but we're building momentum right now right and and things are hopefully starting to, to change how, how does it how does it keep going and not just be one of those things that five years from now if there's another situation like we're in now where we look back and go oh in 2020 we had some momentum and it kind of petered out like how do we and i don't know that there's an answer but i saw yeah i I get you like i saw a great quote uh, that i could totally relate to and and the girl was holding a sign and she's like if you're tired of hearing about racism why don't you live it? <laughs> because it's like, it's, it's something that we live with every single day. So it's, it's, it's very exhausting and I'm not even going to sit here and, and pretend that it isn't because it is because we shouldn't have it. But, um, first of all, there's just so many ways I can answer this question, but first of all, racism is a disease. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a cancer and, and, and we've got to, we've got to find that cure and that cure is not going to be something that we can pop a pill in and it's and it's boom and it's overnight. So, I mean, what I would like to see happen is, yes, people are donating money and everything else. But don't just donate money right now and be like, OK, we're done. Like it should be like a monthly payment that you're that you're that you're donating. It should be, you know, if if this is if this is really important to everybody, then like on your calendar. And I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but like we're all busy. And we get tied up in our own world. But like if you have to like mark your calendar twice a month and say, hey, this is a day I'm going to like learn about, you know, uh, uniting more people and, and eliminating racism, then put it on your calendar and get it done and get people involved. I think that's what I would like to see. Um, and I and like you said, like we've been here before, but this is different. And uh, let me explain to you why the 1960s and the civil rights movement like they were marching and protesting and um, and and doing everything back then for some of the laws that we have now. Mm-hmm. And so now that we have some of those laws implemented, whether they're 100 percent great or there there's some crap that's in there that we need to clean up they're they're here now. And so we have more rights now. And not only do we have more rights now, more people are beginning to hear it and see it. And I really believe that everything that's happened in the past two to three months happened for a reason. First, we had COVID-19. Everybody had to come home. Everybody was stuck there. What the heck are we doing? All we have is our phones and our TVs. Then you hear about Breonna Taylor. And then it's like, wait, she's in her bed and the, and the, and the cops killed her. And, and what, like, I mean, like, what, what do we do? And it was kind of like that. That's a whole other subject because black women are, that's, that's a completely different mm-hmm. subject, but that was put on hold. And then the Amy, Amy Cooper thing happened and it was blatant. And it was in our face and it was right there. And again, we're all sitting at home with the phone in our hand or a TV on because we have nothing else to do. And it was like, wow, really? All the guy wanted to do was look at a bird. And <laughs> she had to go that route. And then she's choking her dog. I mean, what's going on here? And then, um, of course, a mod happened. And then George Floyd was something that that kind of killing, I think most of us only seen in the movies or we see in history books. But that is like that is the worst of the worst racism that, you, that that we can all encounter. And I think the fact that it was in our face, um, it really hit home. And um, I think that now I think there will be change. And I I really hope that there is change because if there isn't, <laughs> this this rioting and this all the stuff that's going on, it's it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue because, like I say, no 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 justice, no peace. Like people live by that. And, and we have more people that are active and not just African-American people. 
it, and that's, that is the big, big difference. So yeah, yeah. that's my long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's great. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm thinking as, as you were saying that is that, you know, one of the things that's, that's different, hopefully different, um, now is the cell phones that are allowing us to see some of these things up front, because if it wasn't for somebody being able to take the, take the video of, of George Floyd or of, um, you know, the, the central park and him having it on, on video right there. Uh, so that there was no, he said, she said, here's a video. This is exactly what it is. Um, it, it puts it front and center in a way that until the last couple of years, you know, when, when everybody has a cell phone, everybody has a good video camera in their pocket. Um, you know, so, so it, it's, it, it becomes less of a, of a story. And I think, for, for, I don't know, for better or for worse, but it becomes much more real when you can see it as opposed to you just hear about it and there's no photo, there's no footage like, oh, well maybe, you know, then you, then you can start to, to play the, well, did he, did, did he do this? Did she do that? What, you know, is this story getting a little twisted? What, like it's right there. You can it's see right it. There. Right there. It, exactly. And also too, that's also part of our justice system as well, because that, even though he has that recorded or people have these things recorded, they'll find something Mm-hmm. In the justice system to say, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's right. like, wait, we, we saw it, you know, so that it so these are other little things that we still have to fix in our justice system, not just because not just the police brutality. That's that's a huge part of it. But then once that has to go to court and they have to arrest certain people or they have to take action, all those little things in between has to be looked at as well. It can't just be one thing. It's a much big, bigger picture. And I think I, I just I, I I think and I pray that these things are starting to move forward. I think I just saw something on the news today that they are moving forward with some of these um, laws um, in some of the states. And so you know we have to keep fighting. We have to vote. We have to continue to donate. We have to keep petitioning, and we and we have to keep protesting. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's never it's never going to end. So um, unless we want it to, and we right. we've got to, we've got to work together to do it. Right. Um, on that on that note. How how can we, as the running community, in, in again from from your view, in in in, in um, how can we keep working together? How can we keep you know again maybe starting within the running community itself, but but even going broader? How how can how can we all join together? Because you know one thing that's come up on the show several times, I've said it several times, like the running community is awesome. Like for the most part, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We can still do better. We can still do more. And mm-hmm. and now now our 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 black brothers and sisters need us to stand up and support them. So so how how can we best do that? You know what would be great to see what you see what um, to see race directors give incentives to the runners that are always out there. So like you know if you're going to pay X amount of dollars to go run an event, you know, and you reach out to five other communities that you normally wouldn't reach out to to tell them about that event to bring people into the event and maybe they get because they're a group, they get a discounted rate or maybe because you brought this group in, maybe you get a free entry. Like I think, I think the, 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 the race directors need to look at it that way. I don't think you're going to, I honestly don't think you're going to lose any money. I think um, that you would actually gain money mm-hmm. um, and um, gain a, a, a community that's so diverse and interesting and amazing that y- you can only grow from that. If you're only stagnant and you're only like, you know, depending on the people who come every single year doing the same exact thing every single year, then yes, you're, you're going to have those same numbers. 
But I think if you have, um, it's like a domino effect. If you have someone who's going to reach out to communities that, you know, you normally wouldn't reach out to, or, or let's just say groups, um, you know, and reach out to these people and say, Hey, we have this event. You don't have to necessarily run it, but you could walk it and bring your crew mm-hmm. with you. That'd be great. And I think that's how we just start the, the, the process and the communication. Um, you have to, you're going to have to reach into your pockets. It may not have to be a donation, but maybe give the runners an incentive. Like if you can bring, you know, if you could reach out to other communities and, 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 I'm, and I say communities because I don't want it just to be black, mm-hmm. reach out to black people. It should be, you know, the running community reaching out to other communities that they, that they, that they have maybe worked with, um, if they volunteer for other things, maybe right. through their churches or things like that and have them come in and, you know, and figure out how you can how you can make an incentive out of that, you know, uh, a, a, a racer's discount or, you know, a group discount for, you know, 10 or more runners that come through um, because those 10 runners weren't there before. You, right. you them a third of what everyone else is paying. And then you have more people than the following year. They're just going to bring more people. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, when you touch one person, you can touch 10, you can touch 20, you can touch 30. So I, that's a good idea. So. And so if I'm if I'm here and maybe an underlying of that as well, like not just always reaching out to the same communities, the same groups, the same running clubs, the same groups on social media, whatever, but broaden the people that you're reaching out to, to to include different groups and different, different parts of the, maybe different parts of the country, especially if it's a big race people are traveling to anyway, like Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. not? doesn't hurt anything to, to reach out. And that's just makes everything better. Exactly. And, um, and with social media, it's just, so much more easier if you can if you can really understand the you know what you need to do on social media to bring groups together i mean you you can reach so many more people now i mean with these virtual runs i think mm-hmm. since we've been doing all these virtual runs people i mean I, i'm doing 5k virtual runs from tennessee you know right, and paying right. these people for, you know there is a reach you just have to be very clever on how you're going to reach and get out there so yeah. Yeah. yeah um last last but not least mm-hmm. um just, uh, I, I guess, and I, I don't know that I've ever done this type of question before, but, um, is there anything else, anything else that you want to say, anything else that, that you want to get off your chest, share, um, again, running or, or broader picture than that. Um, I, 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 I don't, again, I don't think I've ever done this question, but I don't know that it's ever been appropriate until now to just say the floor is, the floor is yours. If you've got anything else to add, otherwise we'll start to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm a very optimistic person. So I, I you know, I, I believe things will change. It will take some time. Mm-hmm. I think um, with my frustration, it just comes to the point. I, when I see these stories and I see these people getting hurt and I don't, I mean, on a human level, I, I will never understand how one person can hurt another person at all. Like I just, I don't understand where the hate comes from. I don't understand where, you know, the, the urge to hurt somebody comes from, I, I don't understand that. And I've always been that way, even as a kid. And, um, you know, I just want people to understand, like, we're fighting over skin, <laughs> like literally skin, you know, everything else about us is, is the same. Our hair grows out the same as far as like how it grows. And, mm-hmm. you know, our heart beats the same and we have the same ailments on the insides as we do the outsides. And I just, I just don't understand the hatred. And I, I, if there's any way that you can find a way to just spread a little bit more love somewhere with just anybody, like, just do it, just do it. Cause I, I don't understand the hatred. I don't. So. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and Nicole, thanks for, uh, for coming back today 
for uh, hopefully sharing a little bit of love um, and and also some some you know having having be, being willing to have the uncomfortable conversations, being willing to to speak your truth, and yes. uh, and hopefully um, hopefully not hopefully it will be part of the change. It, it will it will continue to lead to positive changes in the running community in mm-hmm. in the community beyond that as well. Um, so thank you for, for making the time today and, uh, and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Once again, guys, scenicrun.com, S E E N I C R U N.com. If you want to c- connect with Nicole and, and follow along with what she's got going on, but, uh, Nicole, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you.